We're Cynthia Vargavisser and Michelle Walters, co-hosts of Mind Power Meets Mystic. Our weekly show is here to expand your mind to what's possible, to uplift your spirits, to move forward with confidence and joy, and to create a space for your collaboration with the invisible. Welcome to Mind Power Meets Mystic. Hey, 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 everyone. You are here, Mind Power Meets Mystic, with Michelle Walters, Ms. Mind Power, and me, Cynthia Varkavisser, Mystic. Today, we are incredibly excited to have Jessida Pudkow with us. Jessida is a Thai-American Bay Area native with a passion for helping people based on their individual struggles rather than solely by their diagnosis. She holds a Master's of Science in Oriental Medicine from the Acupuncture and Integrative Medicine College in Berkeley, California. Her studies in an integrative program allow her to blend Western diagnosis with Eastern methods of reading signs from the body, then tailoring treatments to the individual. During her own health journey, she discovered her specialty to help women on their fertility, pregnancy, and postnatal journeys. Jessica says, pregnancy and postpartum years are such a pivotal time in life, but most Western care stops after childbirth when the journey is only midway through. She enjoys being your support system for all these stages of change. Welcome, Jessica. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, before we talk about um, the um, acupuncture, please talk a little bit more about your journey and the, we, we've all had kids here on the, on the show. And yeah. so I'd love to talk about postnatal postpartum and that area of life and, and your, your discovery of, of, in that area. Yeah. So I have three little ones. Um, they're four, four and two now, um, very recently. And, it was quite a journey for me. I like I knew a lot of people who had kids. I had a lot of friends who had no kids at all. I was definitely one of the first in my group of friends to have kids. So switching worlds without realizing necessarily that it was going to be that big of a step or a change um, was just its own journey like pregnancy we kind of expect to be a journey whereas postpartum we don't really prepare people because I think there's so much focus in pregnancy in that time that afterwards it's just kind of like oh you're you've got this you know it's just going to come naturally and for some people it does absolutely and for others it's a whole new world I even babysat as a teenager and it was still a whole new world because I had never babysat a newborn And that is its own journey. So every part of, you know, this whole thing is typically a a lesson and adaptation and growth for people, whether you're just starting to try to conceive that in and of itself for a lot of people is a journey to learn what your menstrual cycle actually is and means there's so much going on in that time that we really don't get educated well about to begin with. And then there's pregnancy and then postpartum is its own thing. And we kind of stop talking about it or a lot of people do. <laughs> that that completely makes sense. What you got? What you got? I know you're burning with the question, Michelle. <laughs> no, I just, 
I'm remembering so well that after the birth of my son, I got home from the hospital and I hurt. I hurt, you know, I mean, you sort of hurt to give birth, but it hurt after birth too. And of course that makes complete sense. And yet no one ever says anything about it. And so yeah. I can totally appreciate and understand the importance of being there to support women in their journey and to educate because there's some real gaps in terms of what people do and don't understand. So tell us a little bit, Jessica, how did you decide to pursue a career in acupuncture? I pursued acupuncture before um, pregnancy, before all of that. I found it through dealing with issues in my own health and trying to get healthier and not finding a sustainable way. Everything that I had tried, um, you know, this fad and that fad sometimes would make some gains, but always regressed, always yo-yoed backwards. And acupuncture was the first thing I tried where I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that regression and it didn't happen. At least it did not happen in nearly the same way as every other thing I had tried. So that opened a whole new world for me. And the biggest part of it was I never would have tried it if I hadn't met the right person because I had a fear of needles. So that's like my biggest overarching thing was I met the right person who made me very comfortable. And then when I was open to the world of needles, I realized just how small they were and how different they were from Western needles. And I was very fascinated by all that they could do without having anything in them or on them. They're just needles and they talk to the body and the body does the healing all on its own with a little bit of talking to. That is so cool. Um, so you went to acupuncture school before you jumped into having kids. What's it like to juggle the business building piece of life with parenting three little kids? <laughs> it is wild. It's a journey of its own for sure. Um, I did... I didn't jump into entirely building my own business right away. I worked with another clinic before. And so I have a lot of experience seeing patients in all different stages of hormone journeys from anywhere from teenagers who are just beginning to learn about their cycles through people going on fertility journeys or who have struggled for years and years for various reasons, and even people going into perimenopause and entering menopause and all of that. Um, so I got a lot of experience working with people first while I was starting my family and didn't wear every single hat. And then more recently have switched over to opening up my own space and taking all of this on now that the kids are a little more independent. I wouldn't call them independent, but they are able to do things on their own. They're all walking. They're all, you know, doing a little more um, and being helpful. They help to bring their own plates over when we're doing food and they actually clear the table. So it's, we're on our way. We're <laughs> it's come a long way for sure. That is an awful lot to juggle. So yeah. can you tell us, you know, I know a number of people who have told me just how successful acupuncture has been for them. Do you want to tell us a story about maybe a client you've seen and, and how acupuncture was able to make a significant change to their health? 
Yeah, absolutely. I started seeing a client last year who had tried to conceive for six years um, with no positive. So um, in some cases we've got, we have losses, we have different versions of this story, but one of, but this patient in particular was, it was very pivotal because she hadn't even had that first sign. And so she was moving into IVF, moving into this journey that she had put off for a long time, trying naturally. And so I've been working with her. When I started working with her, she had already entered that world. So I worked with her right before her first retrieval and she got three um, final embryos. And then there, you know, over the course of time, I won't share too much. Things didn't necessarily work. And we had been working together. We, she did another retrieval. And in that round, she got eight healthy embryos after working with me for months, making changes, taking supplements, to, um, and just really being consistent with acupuncture twice a week coming in before all, all of our progress kind of, um, stalls, we're really making progress one treatment to the next by going more than once a week. And that's really pivotal for something that is as big of a change as we were needing to make in this case versus other things where sometimes once a week is enough. So twice a week is really ideal when we're working on cycle-based things. And um, that was huge because just seeing that quality shift and that change that very tangible number where in acupuncture, sometimes things feel a lot less tangible. As people get better, we tend to get better on kind of a ladder, right? We get a little better and a little better and a little better and a little better. And it's hard to really see where the floor was by the time that we've been working for months. But in this case, we had a tangible number that she could really see for herself. Oh, I really think that acupuncture made the biggest difference because there was nothing else I did as differently as the changes we've made. It's not the acupuncture itself, but also the lifestyle changes that came about from all of our conversations and coaching um, through this time as well. So that's one of the biggest um, tangible ones that I can, <laughs> that I can share versus a lot of other cases that are less less measurable. <laughs> It's a great example. I want to remind all of our listeners that you are listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic with me, Michelle Walters, and my co-host, Cynthia Varkavisser. We are interviewing Jessica Putkow today, who is an acupuncturist. Please, please, please pause the podcast right now and rate and review us, and also start thinking about who you can share this lovely episode with. We really want to expand our listenership and we need you to give us a helping hand listener. So please, we ask you to help us out today. It would be absolutely great. So Jessica, I know that acupuncture is sort of founded on the meridians through the body and <laughs> Western medicine, like growing up, like nobody taught me anything about all of this. Do you work with, with, are there particular meridians that are like super important to people's health that you monitor for most of your patients? Or is it, is it, does it not work like that? I don't really know how it works. 
Totally. So in the first treatment, we do a whole assessment and that is we have a long conversation about all aspects of your life. Thus, we are considered a holistic practitioner because we talk about sleep, we talk about eating, we talk about um, movement, we talk about all the things that you are currently doing and any changes that we might consider making. And that all leads us to start thinking about different channels that are either out of balance um, or could really use the help, whether they're kind of um, needing more energy into that channel or more take, some taken out of that channel or where things are just stuck in the body. And sometimes it's particular to a channel and other times it's more particular to areas of the body. So we think about all these different things, so many things, so many layers. And then we get confirmation about what is going on in the body by taking your pulse, which there are nine different basic pulse positions on each wrist. So 18 total, and those are considered basic and they are related to all of those channels that you're talking about and mentioning. And, um, we get confirmation there as well as looking at the tongue, which has a microsystem of the body mapped onto it. And then I will also feel different areas of the body that I'm considering based on what your pulse has told me, what our conversation has told me, I will then feel different points or areas for what your body is actually telling me. Um, so there are a lot of aspects to how we figure out what is imbalanced. And the most pivotal thing that I love about this medicine is that I check those things again, every treatment. So I'm taking your pulse before every treatment. It's not like we talk at one assessment and then you get that same treatment over and over again, over the course of months and years, because you may have had more or less sleep lately. You may have had um, more or less digestive issues or distress or headaches have come up recently. Any of those things are going to affect the imbalances or the imbalances are causing those things, vice versa. But the point is, we're always checking into where you are that day as you come in for your appointment. That is really, really, really neat. I think that's <laughs> really particularly cool. So. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I think it's a common misperception that, you know, if somebody tries acupuncture and it didn't work for whatever it is that they were trying, that they might give up on acupuncture altogether. And, but I'm, I'm wanting to kind of better understand, like, I don't know, just cause I went to see one doctor and he couldn't cure me of whatever it is, maybe a different doctor could because they approached it differently or they looked at different things. Like how, how are acupuncturists similar and different from each other? Yeah, absolutely. That is a great question. I'm glad you asked because we are trained, especially in California in the same basic knowledge, but there's a couple of things that really make us different. And one of those is going to be, um, the lineages that we follow in addition to our basic training or the specialties that we're choosing to take additional classes in because acupuncture is something that we don't stop learning. We don't stop educating ourselves because this medicine is so old that there's 
just a vast amount of knowledge that we could never stop learning if you really want to continue your craft and make it better and better and better year after year. So generally we have all the base knowledge and people have equated this to being like, um, in acupuncture school, you start with learning the letters of the alphabet and then you are able to finish school by being able to finally put those letters into words. And then at some point you're taking the exam, you're studying, you're doing all of this, you're starting to put your hands on people in training and clinical um, internships, I guess, is um, the way that you would call it. And we consider that to be like building sentences. But then in your years and years of practice and taking additional classes, reading more books, whatever form of studying works for you, you begin to build paragraphs and eventually pages and pages. So the knowledge just builds on itself because there are tons of lineages. The um, medicine is thousands of years old, not just 1000, but multiple. And it has also spread. You can learn more about Chinese acupuncture, but there's also Japanese acupuncture because it's so old. There's um, herbal medicine in Tibet or India that you can expand your knowledge with. So each person you see is going to have strengths and weaknesses depending on what they've chosen to study or how they've chosen to study it and what their own strength and weakness is. Because this is a hands-on medicine and I'm actually putting my hands on someone, feeling their pulse and feeling their body, I may connect with someone that is very different from the acupuncturist the next block over from me may connect with a different set of patients and clients. So it very much depends on if you are seeing somebody who clicks with what your needs are and who you are. Um, and I wouldn't give up if you've only seen one person. Now, in some cases, acupuncture is not necessarily the strongest for whatever your problem is. And then I would recommend turning to other forms of medicine. Absolutely. It's not that acupuncture is the only answer, but if you've only tried one person, then I definitely recommend seeing or getting consults from a couple others because you might find that you click better with someone else. I love that. I actually love acupuncture. Um, one person I would go every other week and we would we were working on one thing but it was like having this personal, um, a personal assistant, because one day I'd said, you know, I got some kind of frozen shoulder thing going on. And so while she was working on my, the thing that we were working on, which I, I can't remember what it was, you know, then she just stuck in an extra needle and then my frozen shoulder had, had been alleviated. I mean, it was, it was like magic. Um, and I love that you talked about that. This is a part of a suite of things right? That there are, that there are so many, um, components. Um, traditionally I would go to an acupuncturist and it, they would couple with, with, um, Chinese medicine, but you talked about, you are actually even more holistic that you talk about sleep and you talk about diet. And, um, so it feels a little bit more, um, more, more fusion and more modern. I was wondering, besides talking about sleep and diet and Chinese herbs, do you talk about other things? You know, what have you added anything else to that suite of information um, in your practice? Yeah, absolutely. I also 
to look at some basic lab work. I don't do extensive labs. I leave that up to other people who are going down the entire functional medicine route, but I do know basic lab work. Um, I incorporate infrared light when it is appropriate to the treatment. We do cupping, we do things, um, use an herb called moxa and do moxibustion on the body. And those things are all decided based on your goal and what problem we're working with. So we don't do all of these things necessarily for everyone, but I pick and choose based on what we're working on so that we can get to your goal um, the best way that we can. And then in conversation, we definitely talk also about movement um, and and what's huge is like when we talk about eating and food, there are so many aspects even to that category. It's not just what you're eating. It's how you're having it, um, literally warm, cold times of day, how, what time is breakfast from what time you woke up, what time is dinner to what time that you sleep um, and snacks in between, things like that. There are so many aspects even to the things that we talk about that are not um, just a typical like, okay, are you eating healthy? No, we go into so many more details than that. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I have one more question for you. I, I tend to work with people who have um, endometriosis mm -hmm. and it's a very... Um, I think the women walk a, a pretty fine line because it's, there's a lot of um, pain. Um, a lot of times they don't want to get surgery, um, but they're having some, um, you know, they, they walk the balance of an either or in the way you're, you know, the way that you have your practice is that doesn't have to be an either or have you worked with people with endometriosis who either, um, don't have to take, you don't have to go the route of surgery or that you've had them more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. I have worked with people to avoid surgery who want to avoid surgery. I've worked with people who avoid surgery also because it's mild enough that surgery really didn't seem like the right answer. And then there are cases where it is um, a lot more profuse and surgery might be a really great way to help them because acupuncture would take far, far longer than the relief that they needed at the time. But we're still going to work with acupuncture to increase circulation. And also endometriosis can come back. So there are things that we want to do to help the body learn this new way of being without it and helping the body to regulate hormones and help with minimizing pain and learning this whole way of healing without just growing that tissue back where it should not be and hopefully helping them through that process, especially of healing after um, not only endo surgery, but after C-sections, after um, various types of surgeries, hips, knees, so many things. So that's also another piece of like if we're rounding back to talking about postpartum and postnatal there, we are 
so focused typically on becoming a new parent and um, dealing with that, that we tend to forget ourselves and the healing journey that our bodies need, whether you've had a vaginal birth or a C-section. And a lot of that can be helped with acupuncture and herbs, including even steams and different things like that. So there's, there's so much of the healing process that is across the gamut. It will help whether it's endosurgery, other surgeries um, that people have had to do, whether it's cycle-based or not. And especially after what I call a marathon, if you've just given birth, whether it's C-section or whether it's vaginal, we should absolutely give care to the mom as much as the baby because mom needs her cup filled so that she can then take care of another person. Well said, Jessica. It has been lovely having you here on Mind Power Meets Mystic. We are so honored that you could take some time today to record with us. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. You've been listening to Mind Power Meets Mystic.